Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. During some of my most difficult seasons in life, I've wrestled with something while I tried to walk my way through whatever adversity was currently happening. In these times of great pain and darkness and doubt and fears, I would have people come to me or send me a message and talk about how something I said or simply was exhibiting had moved them greatly. They talked about how strong I was or how I was inspiring so many by my attitude in the situation. While I certainly appreciated them noticing this, I found it tricky to know exactly how to respond. After all, only I really knew what it took some days just to will myself out of bed, to function and keep moving forward. These people weren't with me 24-7, and they had little idea of just how hard it was. A part of me felt like a liar if I simply said thanks and went on. Maybe I should be more honest with them, I thought. Tell them how it really is. But another side of me also felt like perhaps I should pay more attention to what they were saying. Maybe I should place more value on the testimony my life was showing during these hard times. That perhaps part of God's desire in taking me through whatever was going on was so that he could make much of himself in my life even in this pain, that maybe there was someone who would see the grace of Jesus on display by the way in which I chose to walk the road ahead of me and learn from the suffering I was in. It's a fact in our broken world that, even as pain is an inescapable part of our human existence, the compassion and hope and love of Jesus that is experienced and shown in that pain is often never spoken of. We have divorced our theology from our suffering in such a way that when it befalls us, we have no foundation to stand upon, no hope to sustain us. Churches have painted this picture for us of a faith separated from struggle, of prayer distanced from lament, of growth apart from difficulty. But the reality is, as the late Tim Keller so well said, that suffering is actually at the heart of the Christian story. After all, it was only through the seemingly unfair suffering of the Son of God by which humanity has obtained salvation and a chance at redemption. Alienated from this reality, there is no meaning to the hardships we undergo. There is no purpose to walk through pain because it has been disconnected from the truth that to journey with God is to share in His cross, to depart from the easy way and take the refining holier way. To expect that a follower of the Master who was himself scourged and afflicted, a man of sorrows who was well acquainted with grief, could get a pass and avoid some level of the same pain, is to miss the reason for faith entirely. Past generations of believers were much more accustomed to the stretching and the refining of their beliefs and their lives. They lived in societies that were much closer to pain and suffering. The life expectancy of people at that time was much shorter. They didn't have the medical advances and technologies we enjoy today that could ease pain or prolong health. 
They worked in a more agrarian culture where the impact of weather or famine or disease carried tremendous weight for their economic well-being and their survival. Life was different back then, and people needed to have a lens by which to view these calamities. It was more tangible for them to believe that adversity built character, that some pain was necessary in order for you to mature as a person. But today we're struggling to recover that understanding in a world that wants to numb pain at all costs. When we undergo difficulty of any sort, many try to tell us that we don't deserve to experience what we're going through. Or they try to excuse it away by diminishing its impact. Or they apologize for it as if they had some control over it happening to us. Or they add to our spiritual misery by trying to get us to think that God somehow created the problem and should be blamed. They even give us ways in which to somehow get over the situation as fast as possible so they don't have to watch us suffer anymore. Modern society has a very complicated relationship with pain and suffering, obviously. And this means that how we approach the issues we encounter carries tremendous impact and can either add to or detract from the testimony we carry about who our God is. Christian singer Danny Gokey remarked in a recent interview that it's incredibly important, even when you don't understand the things that are going on in your life, to stay with God, to keep on His side of things. Why? Because that's where your ultimate hope lies. That's where the redemptive good of the situation eventually shines through. As soon as you leave His perspective, His side of things, that's when your pain will absolutely crush you. You'll lose hope. And as he noted, people often do really bad things when they lose hope. This is why if we're going to be some of the ones who are bettered by and not embittered by what we go through, we have to change our view and realize that what God is doing through the adversity we're dealing with is way bigger than just ourselves. It goes far beyond what we are feeling or learning or seeing at any time. God is writing a story through it all that fits into a larger picture, one that is playing out in real time in front of those you interact with during your struggle. See, at any point, someone is watching how we're living our life. Yes, even in our worst pain. Someone somewhere is paying attention to how we're handling the situation, whether it's our kids, our spouse, other family members, people at work, people in our church, followers on social media, friends, anybody who has the slightest clue that you're going through a hard time is observing the attitude with which you're approaching that season of your life. And even your worst losses and crosses serve as witnessing opportunities where you get to reflect the heart of God in some way. Understanding this gives a whole new perspective to how we walk through times of suffering in our life. While the anger, sadness, frustration, confusion, dismay, doubt that we're feeling in the midst of what we're going through is totally valid and should be acknowledged, it's equally as important to remember that God is, in some way, using our pain as a means of drawing both us and others to himself, and that the way we depend on God and think about God and honestly wrestle with and lean into God in these times carries great value. It took me a long time to get this, and it may take you a while too. Because it's hard in the midst of what you're going through to press into a God who feels and seems so very distant. To continue to preach to yourself the realities of his goodness when everything that's happening 
feels like the exact opposite. It's hard to look someone in the eye and declare that God still cares when you go through many days wondering if he actually does. There are times it can feel as though you're a fraud, as though you're speaking of truths that seem so very disconnected from the heartache you are experiencing. And yet, didn't Jesus set the ultimate example when he spent his final hours before the cross, getting on his knees and showing his disciples the beauty of surrender, even as he asked the Father to remove the bitter cup? Wasn't he teaching them something powerful as he took the time to wash their feet in humility, to tell them to sing a hymn as they went out and offer a praise blessing, even as his death loomed ahead? See, in our personal heaviness, God is still using our broken lives to tell the world something. David knew that, and that's why he left us the Psalms. Job knew that, and that's why he could never fully turn his back on God as he scraped sores on his body with a piece of pottery. Paul knew that, and that's why he could write letters and preach to the Roman guard from a prison cell. Christ knew that, and that's why he could say to his father, Not my will, but yours be done. Just because we don't like or understand what God is doing doesn't mean we have to throw away all we believe about him. In fact, suffering actually has a way of stripping everything else back and leaving us with the most clarifying perspective. It's almost like a cleansing agent, which, when used, removes from our souls the residue left behind by apathetic comfort of times of ease. We need suffering to wake us up in a way, to remind us of who we are in relation to God and who He is in relation to us. We need moments of distress to help us see aspects of God that only such times could reveal to us. As Keller wisely noted yet again, you don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's a radical concept in a world that, at best, tries to show us that Jesus plus something will equal the best life, and at worst, something other than Jesus is where it's all at. And when it comes to suffering, Keller points out that while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. God needs us putting him on display in our suffering for the world to see that he can be trusted no matter what, that he is good no matter what, that we are loved no matter what. Making much of him isn't just for the Sunday services or the successful moments when thanking him feels easy. It's for the seasons when it seems like life is falling apart at the seams and you're walking through your own version of the valley of the shadow. Suffering will, whether we like it or not, expose the depth of our faith in the God we know and follow. It's easy to come after him when he leads in paths of happiness and joy But when he takes us through deep waters and fiery trials and difficulties beyond what we could have foreseen or imagined, what then? What do we do? What do we have to say about him? Keller is absolutely correct in saying that suffering is unbearable if you aren't certain that God is for you and with you. And that, friends, is the definition a hurting world needs to see. When the message so often is, if it hurts, escape it. God's message is, if it hurts, it means I'm trying to show you something. I'm doing what I'm doing because I love you, because I care. 
And only experience of seeing that harsh providence in action, of watching that care come alive in your own life over and over again, can allow you to look at situations that come up and know deep in your own heart that nothing about God or what he's up to has changed. He's only doing this to change you. At the end of the day, the heart of the gospel is that suffering is the way to glory. 1 Peter 5.10 After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Suffering, however pressing and large it may seem, is only temporary. A little while. There is a determined beginning and end to its interference in our life. Well, actually, more like its intervention in our life. And God will not relieve us from it until he knows it has done its desired work. Those who fail to understand his mysterious ways will observe our pain and probably ask of him themselves why he would let something like this happen. And even as we may be asking the very same thing, it's up to us to show them that even such a hardship as this cannot get us to leave him, even as we know he will never leave us. C.S. Lewis wasn't wrong when he wrote that pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world, that he shouts in our hurts like no other times in our lives. And the ways he shows up and the truths he shares and the ways in which we're carried and helped and given daily grace are all things that the world needs to hear and see from us. Yes, things don't always feel fair or ask for or easy. Yes, we may do as Jesus did and ask God for the cup to pass us by. But even so, if he deems it best, we need to drink it if he asks us. Agree to share in his sufferings for a little while knowing that a greater glory lies on the other side. As John Piper puts it, we draw nutrients from suffering that strengthen the bones of our faith that we can't get any other way. Whatever you're going through right now or have gone through in the past, I want you to ask yourself what you're putting on display. What is it that you are showcasing to the world about who your God is? Are you surrendered when you could resist? Are you depending on him when you could try to survive on your own? Are you believing he's good even when what he gives feels ugly? Are you trusting him even if it seems there's no way out? Are you holding fast to his promises even when those very truths appear mysterious and unclear? How you choose to reflect and make much of God in your suffering will say more to those around you about who he is and who you are than a thousand mini-sermons ever could. When they watch you walking through things that feel incredibly harsh and unwanted, yet still daring to hope against all hope, they will take notice in some way. They will ask themselves, and maybe even ask you, how you're still carrying on. And you'll get to honestly tell them that you're being carried in ways that are astonishing, even to you. A million Bible words cannot make up for the impact of daily faithfulness put on display in the real world. This fallen planet has so many challenges that come with it, things that test our resolve, defy our understanding, pressure our belief, threaten our peace, steal our joy, attack our hope. We need to be sure that we are letting our suffering sanctify us and be used for good in the hands of a loving God. And we need to be sure that even in our questions and our pain and our struggle, we are showcasing his continued goodness to a world that has to see it. 
I say this with all the compassion in the world as I leave you today. Please be aware of what you're saying and living out, even as you walk a painful road. You truly never know who is observing you and what chances God may give to tell or display to someone who he is and why you still trust him. We tread our personal journeys in the footsteps of a suffering Savior who showed us through his own death and burial that the only way to future resurrection is through the dying. We cannot ascend unless we descend. We cannot taste the heights unless we experience the depths. It's those moments of being in the pit and waiting for his deliverance that prove the metal of our faith, that show those wanting an easier way that God is looking for something more, that the deep work he is carrying out in our hearts is, without a doubt, for eternal benefit. And even as we mourn and weep and wrestle and question, what could be of greater comfort than to know that this is working in us and through us because of him, an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at Open to Grace 2015, Instagram and Parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.